Let us pray. Lord God, we bow before you once again. Lord, how can we hear if you do not give us ears to hear? Holy Spirit, how in the world are we going to understand your word if you do not give us understanding? And so, Lord, let these words be clear. May your spirit be present, and may our hearts receive this good news. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I know all of y'all are right in the middle of uh, having to work through a bunch of WPRs, and there's a lot of other things that are going on, and papers you got to get written, and, and all those things that are happening. So pardon me if I just kind of exercise your brain a little bit this morning and work you through a little bit of a test just to see how well you do, okay? Um, so two plus two is four. Okay, see, you're doing great. Four plus four is eight. Eight plus eight is 16. So far, so good. 16 plus 16 is 32. 32 plus 32 is 64. Oh, you guys are doing good. Now, don't cheat. Don't get ahead of me. 64 plus 64? 128. 128 plus 128. What was it? 256. There you go. I have to cheat. Look at this. 256 plus 256, 512, and then 512 plus 512, 1,024. And we could just keep going up to bazillions, I'm sure. So that's a quick test, and I always fail that test. Math is not one of those things that I get. I have to work at it. But y'all, I was sitting there in my... 10th grade algebra class with Mrs. Barrett, the human calculator, and it did not matter what problem we gave her. She would always beat us as we were trying to punch it into the calculator. It was insane. I, was, I, I can still close my eyes, sit there at Waltrip Senior High School in Houston, Texas, and I can see there in the annex class us doing our best to beat Mrs. Barrett at math. And we could not do it. It didn't matter how long the problem was. It didn't matter how convoluted it was. She could sit there, work through it, and have the answer before we ever even got the first set of numbers punched in. It's like, how do you do that? For her, math had just been something she had just absorbed. It, had, it was just what she knew. For her, it was something that was just on the inside, and it just worked itself out on the board all day long. For me, math was definitely on the outside, and I had to work it in every day. I freely confess that if it was not for Coach Wise, also being Mr. Wise, who happened to be my geometry teacher, I probably would not be standing here today because I'd still be in high school trying to pass geometry. You and I are facing a world in which there is a lot of things outside that are trying to affect us on the inside. And I've deliberately decided to suspend the cadet prayer uh, this morning because I think we need to continue the conversation we started Tuesday for honorable living. It was a fantastic first day, first step. But you and I who know Jesus Christ very quickly realize, oh, but that's an outside-in approach. 
As good as it is, because I certainly had to do that for math, because that's just not a strength for me. It's not something I know. It's not something I can get away with. I still got to balance my checkbook. I still got to be able to make sure I'm paying my bills on time. I still got to figure out all those calculations that go with life. So outside in is not bad. It's only bad if you stay there. And for you and I, if we're going to deal with the isms of our day, then you and I have got to figure out, and you and I have then got to start telling this world what the inside out looks like. You and I are a people divided. It doesn't take much time to look at that and to see that and to realize that across our land. And that is a sad, sad thing. Made more so because of our institution right here in which we take people from all across the nation. We represent everybody. So what is it about the racism and prejudice? What is it about the divisiveness of our land? Oh, well, I, I can show you that one. You and I who know the Lord will very quickly go, oh, let's just start with the Romans 3.23. We've all sinned. We all fall short. You and I, Psalm 139, we were conceived in. It is just in our nature as children of Adam and Eve to be sinners. And the problem with sin is the only person ultimately, honestly, that we really love is me. Myself, I. And because I only love me, because it's all about me, because I want it for me, because I want to be the one happy. I want to be the one that is taken care of. My tendency then is to only like other people who are like me. Now, as far as that goes, that may not be such a bad thing. I mean, it just it, common language, common culture, common speech, common whatever makes it easier to get along. It makes it easier to be kind to one another. It, it certainly makes it easier for safety. And so as tribes would gather, I understand that. But Genesis 11 reminds us there at the Tower of Babel what can happen when you move beyond just trying to be kind and collected and safe together and you move into the I want to be independent, I want the authority, I want to reach up to the heavens. We're going to build a tower here. We're going to get so far up above that if that puny God wants to flood the world again, we're going to be above it all. We're not going to let him tell us who we are and what we can be. And so prejudice begins. And God sends them away and says, no, you're really not in charge. I still am. And the divisions and the divisiveness began. So that now your tribe doesn't look like my tribe. You don't sound like I sound. You don't think the way I think. And because I love me more than anybody, those who look like me are the only ones I'm going to love. And so unless you become like me, you are not lovable. I don't have to like you. As a matter of fact, I can be mean to you. Because you and I are living out the whole James 1. It is a desire, an evil nature, and once it gives birth, we start wanting and lusting and we go after it, even to the point of death, because we're going to take care of me. And so as good of a start as it is to honorably speak to what, what calls us, oh, that's right, 
above the common level of life, you and I are going to have to deal with, if it's just from the outside in, it can only get you so far. Because the inside is the problem. I love me. And I love people like me. I mean, I can't understand why anybody would go to Annapolis. Why would you like a MIDI? Ah. Take that one more step. Why would you like anyone who's of different skin color, somebody of a different sex, somebody from a different nation, somebody who has a different accent? And on and on and on. You and I cannot escape that divisiveness because you and I cannot escape ourselves. So what do we do? Oh, church, boy, do I have an answer. Let us turn to the Word of God in Ephesians chapter 3 and let us see what makes the difference from the inside out that can be the light that this nation, this academy, this chapel needs to be able to speak to this world that is so divided and so divisive because we all want to live our way instead of living it God's way. Lord, help me to understand this passage. And more importantly, Lord, help me to get it done here in the next 15 minutes. You and I have a choice. The word of the Lord proclaimed this morning, as you walk out of here, you are stuck because God is challenging you by his authority, by his word, by his spirit. People of God, you've got a choice. You've, you've got to either just stay in the lie or believe his word. That, that's the choice. You are going to continue the lie of evolution that says it's just taken us a long time. Some have gotten a little farther than others, and because they're a little farther, they're actually better than you. And you and I, if we're going to believe that lie, we're stuck because we have no argument against it. Well, if I've got the authority, if I've got the power, if I've got the legal right, I can abuse you for my own ends because, after all, I'm just better. I've just gotten a little farther down the evolutionary cycle. And so it's okay. It's all good to sit there and talk about being nice to one another, but, you know, we're really only going to be nice to you if you're like me. Y'all, we can believe that lie and keep trying to mitigate behavior from the outside in, or you and I can bow before the word of the Lord that we hear this morning. And you and I can stop believing the lie and start living the truth in Jesus. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ, for the sake of you Gentiles, I am here, he was saying, to make known an incredible mystery, something that has not been known, has not been understood, and this mystery is this, verse 6, the mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Oh my goodness, people, if you want to talk about prejudice and discrimination, you and I have no clue what the disaster and the divisions it was between the Jewish people and the rest of the world. And how much they hated anyone who was not like them. 
and how much the world has always hated the Jews because they're not like them. You and I can catch a great glimpse of that reality as we read through the Old Testament, as we read through the Word and the great mystery Paul brought and revealed for all time is this mystery is that we are now, verse 6, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. You and I, this is one of those where you put your hands to your head and you go, my mind is blown. Church, did you hear that? The light has been shined on a great mystery. You can finally see it. You can understand it. The reality is, is that what Jesus Christ has done has brought us all together as one. Isn't it funny, that whole thing about, I like me, and so I like folks like me, and I like folks who think like me, and talk like me, and act like me. And so in that unity of a sense, that we like that commonality. And what we do not understand, and what we have not been able to grasp, and what we the church have not communicated well is, oh my goodness, we are all one. This is the good news of verse 7. This is the grace of verse 8. This is everything this world needs to hear. That you do not have to depend on what makes you different to make yourself safe. You do not have to use what is different and then use that as power over. No. The good news is you're a sinner. You're selfish. You're prejudiced. You're mean. You're hurtful. You're all of those things. Embrace it. Confess it. Acknowledge it. And look to Jesus, who has shown you a mercy, who has now given us this good news, that you and I are not at enmity anymore, but because of Jesus, you're one. You're made part of the whole body. It was his intent then in verse 10, and that was now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers, to the authorities in the heavenly realms. It is his purpose, it is his goal, it's his intent. He wants to work through you and I, he wants to work through the church. And he wants us to work in such a way that the world sees, that not just the world and the rulers see, but all the heavenly principalities, all of creation sees what he is doing. His eternal purpose that he has accomplished in Jesus Christ our Lord. The picture of, a, of making it known, I, I love the picture that goes with it. It's the idea of opening up the curtains on the stage and you and I are living out the play. You and I are living out the drama of the gospel in our lives. So that this world, this creation sees what Jesus is doing in his church. You and I are making known that through him and through faith in him, we may approach God. Not because I'm white, black, Hispanic, Asian, not because I'm male, female, not because I'm a West Pointer or um, what do they call the other places? Losers, right? No, none of those things. 
You and I get to be drawn all the way up into the presence of God. It has been opened up for us. Not because of who we are on the outside, but because who Jesus is on our inside. Jesus Christ, our Lord, he has accomplished. He has finished. There is nothing else you can do to make it better. There's nothing else you can add to to get it a little farther along. Everything has been done in this mystery of God bringing us together in his work, in his salvation, to make us one. So for this reason, I kneel before the Father, verse 14. It's the idea, I just fall down. I just bow down. I am so overwhelmed by the reality that from the inside out, he has made me something so completely different. He has changed me from my sinful, selfish nature. He has moved me from my unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. And in his love, in his forgiveness, he has moved me into the holy trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I'm overwhelmed by that. All I can do is bow down and kneel before him from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Verse 14 and 15. Do you hear that? The play on the original words makes it a little bit easier to see. So for this reason I kneel before the pater from whom the patria takes its name. This is the reason why you and I look at a prejudice and a discrimination and you and I look as Christians and we go, it can't work, it's not right, it's not fair. Because all of us are children of the Father. There is not multiple races, there is just one race, the human race. And you are all part of it. You can't get away. Now is there a diversity in this human race? Phenomenal diversity. Can you imagine how dull life would be if all God created was the Mess Hall Salisbury steak and that's all we got to eat? Lord help. No, no, no. He gave us hot and cold and sweet and sour. Can you imagine all we had was just an East Texas white pine tree? I mean, it's okay, but everywhere? No, man, I love the oaks and the chestnuts and the elms and all those diversities. I'm still trying to love the fact that he made like 10 million different kinds of insects. Still trying to figure that one out. I won't. Why in the world would I be surprised that he made you and I different? He didn't like sameness in any other part of his creation. Why would difference be bad in the human race? And see, the difference is you and I come to those externals, outside ends, and you and I look at the skin tone and the eye shape, and we hear the voice, and we know the accent, and we see where you're coming from. And instead of judging you, we see you as brother, as sister, as family, and we celebrate the diversity. Oh my goodness, look at what God did. He made you. How beautiful, how glorious. The good news is, y'all, from the inside out, you and I change the world. From the inside out, you and I begin to help folks understand you will never like somebody else in their diversity if you don't first know that God likes you, that God has forgiven you, 
You will never give up your prejudice of others until you give up the prejudice of thinking you're so special. And until you come as a confessor before the Lord Jesus Christ, acknowledging that sin and all sin in your life, being a sinner, and receive his forgiveness, know his mercy, be made new, so that your temptations and your desires are now turned and shifted towards him. And you want what he wants, and you want to be what God calls you to be, and you recognize this incredible mystery. Oh my goodness, I'm now part of the body. I pray that you will dwell in Christ. I pray that you will have the power, 17, 18. I pray that you will know this love, and 19, be filled. Be filled to the full. Because Christ is in you. Because the knowledge of his power, the knowledge of his word fills you. Because this love dwells richly in you, and you are filled up to the fullness of God. You know, if, if you're all full of Jesus, and in our nature we tend to like people who are like us, and look like us, and sound like us, do you think if this prayer comes true, that the more I see Jesus in you, the more I'm going to like you? And the more I see Jesus in you, the more I'm going to want to be with you? Because again, remember... It's for kindness. It's for safety. We like being drawn together by those like us. It's not bad. It's only sinful when we begin to exclude you. And Jesus stands out today calling us all to come. Be included. Come. Hear the good news. Come. Deal with with. The fact that your life has been less than honorable. But what gives life honor? Jesus. The one who has made us one in his body. The one who has brought us together and he is now the head over all. The one who now gives us his power, his mercy, his love, his grace. He is the one now who lets us live. It's what we were talking about last week, 1 Peter 3. I wish I had time. We'd go to Colossians 3 too. Read it when you get home. To live uncommonly because you're living for Jesus. So the steps we've taken this week are good steps as we work outside in. Church, people of God, you and I know the mystery. You and I know the inside out. You and I know what honor it is to be in Christ, and the closer we are to him, then the closer we are together. And so it is my prayer for this place, this chapel, the chapel down the street, the chapel across the way, the churches in the area. Take your pick. I am praying, Lord, make us one. Fill us so full of yourself and your power and your glory and your knowledge and your might that we are drawn to one another. And without a prejudice, we just go out looking for everybody else to come join us because there's room. And then, Lord, help us, your people, overcome the evils of our day. Help us to deal with the reality of our meanness, our selfishness, our prejudice, our discriminations, our dislike, our abuse of and use of others for our own selfish ends. Lord, stop all that as we become full of you 
and your love and your peace and your grace. Dear God, what an honor that will be. Let's pray. Lord, we kneel and we pray, oh Lord, out of your glorious riches. Lord, would you strengthen us with your power by your Holy Spirit so that Jesus Christ may dwell in our hearts and that by faith. Not what we do, Lord, but we believe your promise. I pray, Lord, that we would be rooted, grounded, have a firm foundation in your love. And so having the power of the Holy Spirit together with all the saints, dear God, how I pray that we would be able to grasp how high, how long, how, how wide, how deep is the love of Christ. And in knowing that that love surpasses all knowledge, that we may then be filled to the brim, filled to overflowing with the fullness of God, of your love, Father, your mercy, your grace. Dear God, hear our prayer this morning. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Amen. What else can we do, church? He's heard our prayer. He's answered our prayer. And you and I get to leave here and make a difference. Let us stand. Let us give him praise for that and thank his name. For indeed, he is worthy.